Welcome to the Road to Health podcast, a podcast series focused on real Rhode Islanders who are making a difference in the health and wellness of communities across our state. Each episode will take you inside a health topic that affects Rhode Islanders with the hope of informing and empowering you to navigate the confusing but vitally important role of healthcare in your life. Please welcome this week's host, Guillaume Bagal. My name is Guillaume Bagal. Welcome back for part two of our discussion on being out in the workplace. I'm joined again by my guest, Charlotte Christ, our managing director of clinical program, Michelle M, an account coordinator, and Jason Furlon, Blue Cross manager of contact center oversight. So I'd like to discuss a little bit how being in the closet or being out affects individuals or team performance and really overall associates well-being. So have you noticed an impact, either positive or negative? Uh, What are some of the benefits or some of the challenges of being out or not out in the workplace? For me, I felt like I maybe earlier on wasn't bringing my whole self to work um, as I was new in my career, new starting off in different atmospheres and different workplaces. I recognize that as a result of not being open and honest with everyone and myself, I was closing off potential relationships networking opportunities, maybe diminishing opportunities for myself before I even got there because I was thinking, I can't do this or they're not going to like me. And so once I got over that bit, I realized, wow, this difference I made within myself is actually spreading out to others. And I've seen that improvement in my own life. And I wouldn't have gotten there if I kept that closed in. It seems that being um, inauthentic is toxic. You know, we can only share parts of our private selves to some folks and not to others or parts of the life that make us the person that we are. Um, it's it's uh, just a difficult life to lead huh. where you share only parts and you're trying to always remember who knows this about my life, who doesn't, what can I say, what is this person comfortable with, how's the conversation going to go. It's a challenge. So, yeah. But the word inauthentic, it almost seems a little harsh. Uh, what about people who are not out, but they justify to themselves, as I did at a certain point in my life, that who I was, uh, my sexual orientation had nothing to do with me as an employee of X organization. So at what point is it being private and inauthentic? It's a really good question. I don't know that I have the answer to that myself. Um, But I know that um, for me, trying to keep straight what I did and didn't share with folks was too difficult. So, however, I completely understand keeping things private when you don't feel like it's a safe place to share that personal information. In fact, at work or in any of your interactions within your family, neighbors, the community at work, there can be repercussions to coming out. Absolutely. And uh, we have to think thoughtfully about what that means for our income, our security, our housing, et cetera. So, um, for me, it's toxic to not be who I am now. 
Yes, and um, as I think about how much time we spend at work, I mean, for in my case, for instance, I see my coworkers more frequently than I see my family members. Uh, it's important to remember that uh, bringing your whole self to work is so important as uh, just being able to be who you are and interact in a very like authentic uh, manner with your coworkers, like the small differences that it uh, creates in your team. So building on that, what are some of the exciting things that you've been able to work on internally that allows you to bring your whole self to work? Um, I'm glad you asked that because I am really excited about in the last few years, we've done this incredible work around employee business resource groups here internally. And what that is, is really, some might know it as an affinity group, but really what it boils down to is a a coalition of people and associates in our organization that are coming together to really spearhead different events, learning opportunities, engaging the community around all of the work that we do here at Blue Cross around our mission, but centralized around these different elements of diversity that we focus on, particularly for us and the group I work on. Uh, with my colleagues joining me today is Blue Pride. And so that's been in place a couple of years now, and we've really done a tremendous amount of work there. I don't know if Shar wants to talk about some of the events that she's gotten to participate in as well. Please. Yeah, thanks. No, Blue Pride's fantastic. I, I also would like to mention our safe zone work with our providers in the community. So we are really excited about having our providers in Rhode Island recognize that their practice is a safe and welcoming place for the LGBTQ community. Um, Among that community, it's often, um, there are often reservations about who can I really talk to, who will interview me in a way with that, that I won't feel judged, or that I can safely talk about what I need for my health care in this particular personal space. So Blue Cross Blue Shield of Rhode Island supports our providers welcoming that community and being recognized in a way that um, that community can choose their providers based on that recognition. Michelle, earlier you mentioned that uh, some of your family members still use uh, she, her, hers pronouns when speaking to you or about you. Are these experiences that you still have here at Blue Cross Blue Shield, uh, despite some of our affinity groups and uh, programs very much uh, geared towards LGBTQ cultural competency? Okay, so though at my other job and with my family, I'm not really accepted. Coming here, working at Blue Cross has been really great because I am excited to come into work because I could be myself. My team is very open-minded, very encouraging. They bring me opportunities that I wouldn't be able to have if I worked at any other place that I could think of. They are very open to using my preferred gender pronouns, which is exciting to me because not everyone does that. And it's a very good environment to be working at. That's so excellent. I can add, I would like to add to that. Mm-hmm. I think being um, able to be yourself at work brings a perspective to the rest of the team that hasn't been thinking in that space, that potentially hasn't been considering the LGBTQ perspective or voice or needs. So it, it is just so inspiring and, and so encouraging to know you're part of our team. And we appreciate and love and recognize that and bring yourself, keep bringing it. 
And I can't help but wonder that even in such an accepting and welcoming team, uh, people still have that learning curve initially. Can you talk a little bit about that? Some of those uh, experiences when they perhaps make a mistake with your preferred pronouns or like what are some of the reactions or discon- initial discomfort perhaps? Um, so it happens a lot. People do misgender me a lot. It's not a pronoun that people use generally outside and inside of work. So it's new to everyone. But I think it's great that when people do make a mistake, they apologize right away. They come to me and they tell me how, like, they, they're really sorry and they every time they make a mistake, they want me to correct them because they want to be correct and they want me to be comfortable. Oh, that's great. And uh, that makes me think about something I often talk about, um, cultural competency not being an end goal. It, it's not, you don't reach a level and then, look, you're LGBT culturally competent, it's over. Uh, it's more important to really talk about cultural humility, making mistakes and learning from them, because cultural competency is a moving target. So it's really great that people around here as well as uh, some of our providers, we're encouraging them to continue learning through our Safe Zone programs, as uh, Charlotte mentioned earlier. I would like to add to that as well. Um, I've had the wonderful opportunity of working with Michelle these last few months. And during that process, uh, I have made those mistakes. And being uh, gay myself, you know, I think a lot of folks make this assumption that we all must be just completely 100% aware all the time of everything that (laughs) is involved in the LGBTQ community. Um, But going back to the intersectionality of individuals, I'm lucky enough to be a gay cisgender white male, and that comes with a lot of privilege. And that also means it comes with a lot of unconscious bias that I need to challenge. And so I have appreciated the interactions that I've had with Michelle because it's encouraged me to challenge myself for the better uh, and, and challenge myself on that moving target that you discussed. And while it's great that we've all learned a lot working with Michelle, I'm just using you as an example of it here, it's really important to remember that uh, the LGBTQ person should not be expected to be teaching everyone. We, most of us have access to you know, our phones, Google, so just look it up, do a little research. So what can we share with other companies? Um, is there anything Blue Cross does well that you would recommend to other companies? And what thoughts do you have for any employees listening to this podcast who are not currently out at work? Thank you, Guillaume, for that question, because I think uh, one of the more important components to, I see to our success in both engaging a diverse and talented workforce in Rhode Island is our commitment to quality through the Human Rights Campaign Corporate Equality Index. We've received a 100% score, I think, going on five years. So I'm really excited of the work that we've done there. And that's a company-wide effort that involves ensuring that our benefits for our associates are in line and providing the appropriate gender-affirming care, that there are policies and procedures in place to support LGBTQ associates as well as transitioning associates. And that overall, that the experience that our employees have is one that's going to lead to a productive atmosphere here at Blue Cross and really make us a successful organization. For those employees that are struggling with that question, however, in their own workplace where they may not be out, I think that as we move forward 
it's it's folks like myself, it's folks like Charlotte and Michelle who need to come forward and really pave that way and give an opportunity for associates to share their concerns, express when the environment that they work in it might be hostile or not as inclusive as it should be for them. And by doing so, we break down those barriers, right? So I'm really happy that Char is here today because I think it's folks like Char who paved the way for my generation and Michelle's generation to be able to come to work and be out in many ways. And, and so if we can do that and carry that torch forward as we move along, I think that that is something that can make a difference is just speaking up. I want to thank you all for coming out here today, no pun intended, and uh, having these uh, very important conversations. And I really do look forward to continuing this discussion. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for this episode of the Road to Health podcast, brought to you by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Rhode Island. Our producer is Jill Flaxington. Our sound engineer is Jonathan Finn. For more information on the topics discussed, or to listen to our library of episodes, please visit bcbsri.com. If you'd like to connect with us or have a story to tell, we are at BCBSRI on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Thanks for listening.